Welcome to the Travel Pulse Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Bowman, the executive editor of TravelPulse.com. Today's episode is brought to you by Travel Agent Academy. Travel Agent Academy provides you with the most advanced interactive travel agent training available today on products sure to both impress and protect your clients. From popular destinations to top resorts around the world, plus cruises and comprehensive travel insurance. The award-winning content is designed to help you learn and retain information in fun and interactive ways and help increase bookings by empowering you to sell as a specialist. You'll learn how to acquire a strong grasp of each product's key selling points. You can gain credits, earn rewards, and even learn on the go on your tablet device. Learn more about these free programs at TravelAgentAcademy.com. What's up, everyone? Today is Friday, January 20th, a special Friday episode here as I had some travels and issues earlier this week and as well as next week will be out celebrating my daughter's birthday. So getting it in on a Friday here, making sure it's happening because it's the 200th episode of the Travel Pulse podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And anyone new listening, I hope you enjoy the show. Leave some feedback, if you will, after wherever you listen to podcasts. I would greatly appreciate your feedback on what you think of the show. Or if you want, you can call our hotline now. I've been enjoying hearing some of your messages there. Leave a message if you want. It's 201-381-3017. That's the Travel Pulse podcast number. We've got a great show for you today, talking big news around the world of travel. And now joining me on the show is Danny Janung, CEO of Har Travel. Welcome to the show, Danny. Tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you so much, Eric. I appreciate you inviting me on and uh, the, the honor of getting to speak with you today. Um, I, I run a travel agency. Har Travel is based in Southern California. Uh, we happen to source a significant portion of our business from YouTube. We focus really in on providing excellent content for our guests to see what they're really going to get. So we do resort tours, ship tours, rooms, suites. And our idea is uh, putting all that together with live streaming. We're able to constantly stay in communication with our guests and make sure that they not only understand what they get, but they're also getting the perfect thing for them to add the highest value. Love that. Yeah. Seeing is believing sometimes, right? So there you go. Good stuff, man. And so, seeing not 20-year-old Photoshop pictures, seeing what that ship looks like today, I think it really does go a long way to, to making sure that expectations are meet, met and exceeded. Yeah, it, it very well. You said, um, so yeah, Danny and I are going to jump into um, 2023 wave season here a little bit later. But first, as we do for every episode, in case this is your first time listening to the show, we're going to dive into what has been trending in the world of travel in the last week or so here. And we begin with big one here of the U.S. government seeking to appeal a mask mandate ban on public transportation. The U.S. Department of Justice asked a three-judge panel in an appeals court to reverse the ruling by a Florida district judge court, uh, court judge excuse me, that found the CDC's public transportation and travel mask mandate was unlawful. This new appeal comes after the European Union began recommending face masks for passengers flying from China. So it's likely that if the travel mask mandate ban is overturned, planes heading to and from China would be the first to have the masks as part of the federal mandate once again. Though if there's a significant wave of COVID infections in the U.S., you know, maybe they bring that back on domestic flights like they have or international. We shall see. Time, you know, will tell on that, obviously. But what do you, what do you think about this um, surprise news this week, Danny? So, I mean, to, to me, the, the piece that hasn't happened is, is nothing has changed yet. And, and I think that the, the real question is, as a, as a community of Americans, as citizens of the world, where are we on, you know, the idea of guidance coming from a, a body like the CDC or something else versus the reality of the fact that I believe we're living in a new world, but we're also living in a world where people are traveling, they're enjoying themselves. I've been on a dozen flights in the last two months. So, I mean, to me, I think there's going to be a, an insane amount of pushback if this does go through. 
And it'll be interesting to see what that looks like. Does it get down to the state and local level? Um, and how does that work? Because I live in, in California and uh, we've had some different rules. My, my county actually never got out of the strictest COVID banned before they disbanded the whole concept of it. So that was like June of 2021. I was on a cruise ship without masks and we were still having masks required in, you know, grocery stores and restaurants here in California. So I, I think I have a little bit of a different take on it, but you know, my hope is that it doesn't happen. And I'll just say that in the sense of, you know, if there is overwhelming support from the scientific community explaining this, I think that needs to have a community conversation, but I've been traveling a lot and, um, you know, I'm seeing more people wearing masks voluntarily right now. Same. And I believe that that's really going to be kind of where it goes is, you know, if you feel safer wearing a mask, that's where you are. We're in a very different place than we were, you know, a year ago, two years ago um, in the big picture. So I, I certainly hope that, that nothing changes in that aspect. But I also believe that it should be up to the, the entity. Um, and I think, you know, if the cruise lines decide that's the smartest method for them, that they could do that. Once again, I absolutely positively don't think that because we're getting thousands of guests every month coming back saying they had the most incredible cruise. And uh, it, 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 a lot of it has to do with the quote unquote return to normalcy that we crave so much. Right. Yeah. I'm with you all the way on that. I don't I don't want this to be, you know, overturned on this. I don't want this mask mandate to come back. But if it does, and that's the rule, then, you know, obviously you yeah, will comply on that just the same as I did, you know, years and years as it was, uh, you know, it stuck on there for us in the continued months that they kept pushing it back. And, oh, it'll end in September. Oh, no, it'll end in January. Oh, no, it'll end in March. And now here we are in 2023 of January going, is this going to come back? So, you know, if it well, does, you know, you, you wear it and, you know, hope, hopefully, gosh, that there are not a wave of naughty passengers once again. But I, I think it would have to be something significant here in the U.S. to really, you know, get it back on domestic flights. You know, if, if it's just, just for the thing to China and that's what they want to do, just as they implemented the COVID test for China, then that's probably what will go first. But I think it would have to be sig something significant here, you know, COVID-wise, pandemic-wise, if we're going to bring that back to domestic flights, especially because there there is pushback in everything. Well, and I mean, the statistics clearly showed that people were traveling to places where they didn't need to wear a mask. And, and you know, to me, I, I think, you know, the pocketbook will speak in the long term with it. And mm -hmm. as in America, we could, quite frankly, harm ourselves by, by setting us apart differently in that sense, too. So, I mean, I, I really do think that if it's such a major thing that it's, a, you know, the, the entire CDC is coming in and they're going to look at the big picture, that's one thing. But, you know, targeting one specific ruling like this, I don't think it's the right way to go because it doesn't give the right message to the entire country of this is necessary and this is why it's necessary, which is what we would need for us to ever go back there again. Yep. And other big travel news yeah. last week, though, this was, oh man, what, what a crazy one this was. We had the FAA system failure, man. So that was a wild one. Caused major issues around the domestic here uh, flights. Uh, it could take years to update this whole system failure. If you guys remember what happened, over 10,000 flights were delayed and over 1,000 were canceled. So reports stated it was because one contractor uh, updated the system, deleted some files that weren't supposed to happen, and uh, then it then failed and crashed. So really hate to be that one person, right? Oh, geez. So <laughs> sources did tell CNN that the software was, quote, 30 years old and would take at least six years to update properly. And the source also said that the, despite the recent improvements, that the system has the heart of an 89-year-old man. So that is certainly so encouraging <laughs> if that is accurate on all that. So, Danny, I mean, that was a stressful day for travelers the other week. Uh, of course, not as bad for those who had travel advisors on their side, certainly. But what did you make of the disaster situation with the FAA? And, and moving forward, what are your feelings towards them? Well, I mean, my travel agent pitch is everybody that was one of our customers who had a problem, we ended up getting them where they needed to go. And it took a lot of stress off of them. So, 
you know, love that pandemic silver lining for why to use a travel advisor things go wrong we kind of have the most value so um i, I mean I, i'll just say that piece but you know i, I when i was at the air force academy um you know the 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 b-52s that we were still using and are still using were built in the 1950s and you know a, a core bit of our fighter you know squadron was built in the 1970s and so this is not something that's unique or different or new but it is a blazing blinking light that that there are some things that might be a little bit more important than others to shift our resources to but i'll just say a lot of the travel companies right now the reservation systems that we're using they're 40 50 years old and they need to be blown up and start over again as well too so you know it's going to come down to money and time but you know the problem with this is if you're only thinking about it when you have a catastrophic event i actually think that they got lucky and, you know, being midweek, like it was, you know, if that was a Friday or that was a Saturday, it would have hurt us infinitely more. I mean, we would have had thousands of people missing cruises instead of, you know, a couple dozen um, that, that were doing that. But I mean, I, I just think the, the big, the big issue, the big thing is you got to pay attention to how things move, how our world works. And, you know, Congress better wake up and maybe spend a little bit more time on uh, energy like this, not other things that they usually put their energy into to get to, fanfare and notice from other people. Um, so, I mean, I think also this is a great thing for ASTA. You know, I, I've been an ASTA past chapter president and we fight for things like this. You know, we, we go with advocacy, not only for the travel agent community, but for the traveler and a traveler bill of rights. And to me, if they can spend as much time as they have telling the airline, you know, building the bill of rights of when this cancels, you've got to do that. They might want to get their own stuff in order. And so this is something that's desperately needed and they need to get done. ASAP. If it's going to take six years, you better start on that right away. Right. Get moving, put a little extra dough in that, get the infrastructure up to speed. Uh, so to say here, especially I thought this was interesting too. This happened like a day or so after I did a podcast title all around like travel technology and stuff. And it's like, oh, well, yeah, we should, we should probably, you know, invest in that, pay attention to that. And certainly, you know, use this as a wake up call if you ever haven't, but Hopefully we don't have any other issues like that moving forward. And yeah, that's a great point that this was midweek. Like you found a, that's a positive spin out of this thing. And, you know, finding the silver lining that it could have been a lot worse. Right. And I mean, it's really hard to start over, right? So they just keep adding lipstick to the pig. And, you know, (laughs) when it's a 40, 50, 60 year old system, I mean, that's what I'm dealing with at, you know, with our travel suppliers today too. You know, you can continually upgrade it, but they have to move into the 21st century. I mean, we're being forced into it on the GDS side right now. In fact, where, you know, I've got people that have been in the same GDS for 30 years that are changing this week. So it's happening in travel, travel technology, but I think our government needs to associate the FAA with infrastructure. We just dedicated billions and billions of dollars to infrastructure. I certainly hope there was something here. And if not, they need to correct that oversight because stopping people moving around our country is horrible for our economy, terrible for our economy. Yeah, hundred percent agree. There, we can't have any of that. And uh, talking about economy, we jump over to destination dues. And one uh, country is hoping to get a boost, you know, in their economy by adding a tourist fee, and that's Thailand. They also dropped uh, new entry rules. If you remember from last episode, they randomly like put that back and said you're going to have to. Everyone was going to have to be vac- vaccinated and show proof. And then they said a couple days later, actually, no, just kidding, we're not doing that. So uh, the Tourism Authority of Thailand said it's fully reopened, the policy is still back, and it does not require proof of vaccination or any negative COVID tests before entering the country. But they did announce that they're going to start collecting a $12 fee from foreign tourists arriving in the country starting in June. So, Danny, your thoughts on this new tourist fee for Thailand? Big deal or uh, not much of a worry? 
I mean, I, I, in the big picture, I don't, I mean, even a backpacker that is a big part of their core audience in, in Thailand can afford a $12 fee. I mean, I don't think that that's going to be a, a super stopping point, but you know, for me as a consumer, you know, the one thing that you very seldom see with fees like this, just like in Italy with the new Venice fee is where that money is going. And if this is going into the tourist industry, supporting workers who work in tourism, you know, taking care of infrastructure, I'd love to see that. That's my only frustration generally when I see fees like this is where is that going and how is that going to improve the, the tourism experience? Because if it does that, it's probably worth its weight in platinum. If it goes in and it replaces, you know, something else that's already coming in, you know, I'm, I'm from California, California lottery came and we're going to give all this money to schools. Well, we just lowered the school budgets by that amount. I was also a teacher and have, have some background there. And so they just offset one paying the other. So if this is just another way for government to add to their coffers, I think it's a disappointment because I think their, their tourism industry was really harmed and it's the human that was harmed more than anybody else. It's that person that works at the beach resort. It's that person that works at the airport as a luggage handler. It's that person who drives a taxi. And so to me, I have no problem with these fees as long as they get to the right place. Absolutely. And I think, you know, destinations maybe do a little better job of, you know, marketing that up of like, yeah, we have a tourist fee, but look where this amount of dollars went into helping such and such and blah, 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 and all that. Market that up a little bit because I think travelers out there would appreciate that. And yeah, 12 bucks, you know, that's a couple cups of coffee or a beer at a major league game or whatever. You know, it's 12, it's in the grand scheme of things. A beer at Madison Square Garden uh, a couple weeks ago. (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. The price gouging out there is, uh, yeah, $12 for a beer is crazy but the fact that people are charging 20 something for it is even more crazy but yeah yeah make make sure it goes to the people i am 100 percent on board with that i think you know cancun uh, a couple years ago put one in and yeah i haven't really seen much as far as like where has that money gone but like people still you know paid in and or it was mexico and but yeah any destination that has that there's been a few more that have added those these types of fees in you know following the the wave of reopenings here following covid and everything so I'm I'm okay if people do destinations do that. Just like you said, it's got to show some show some proof, you know, on that. So one other destination transparency oh. and government government yeah. transparency is, is this what you say? <laughs> oh right, wishful thinking these days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, moving along to other destination news, we're gonna jump over to the theme park stuff. And Disney announced some uh, big updates, you know, including new night shows coming soon, all in celebration of their Disney 100. They got a lot of stuff. We did a big roundup of all the biggest updates coming to Disney parks and resorts and the cruise lines, too, in 2023. So check that out on TravelPulse.com. You can just Google that for big Disney updates and we'll pop up there. But the big one I'm excited about is the new Tron roller coaster has an opening date. It will debut April 4th. So looking forward to that. And then also Universal Parks and Resorts announced a plan to open a new theme park, which is pretty exciting. Anytime you can get new theme parks out here, but it's not going to be in Florida. We already know about Epic Universe. So this is a separate one of that. This is a new concept coming to Frisco, Texas, which is just north of Dallas for anyone not wondering where the heck is Frisco. Uh, It's specifically designed for families with young children, though. So that's pretty cool out there. So, Danny, your thoughts on these top two theme parks uh, in the country here, um, brand-wise at least, and and their latest moves? So I'll I'll give a, a, a cheeky answer at the front. The most important one is they started selling annual passes again two days ago, and I finally got my annual pass. So I had one forever. My daughter's had one. My parents have had one. I let mine lapse right before COVID, could never get it again. So very excited. We go to Disneyland all the time. It's generally our Sunday treat for our family to get away. My yeah, you're right there. So. Old, well, my six-month-old now, you know, he, he just is so excited to be part of everything. My daughter, you know, nieces and nephews. And so anyway, very excited. We love Disney. Um, I also Googled uh, Frisco, Texas to see where that was. And, <laughs> you know, what's interesting. I'm just going to tie this in, you know, with Royal Caribbean's new icon of the season. I even got the hat on today. 
Um, you know, one of the things that they really focus on that they've never talked about before is this is a ship for families and it's going to be even better for families with younger kids. And I think it's a demographic that has often been included and overlooked. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, having just spent this last weekend at a water park with my daughter and my son for her birthday, you know, it's so cool when there's something to do for every member of the family. So kudos to Universal. I think that's going to be very successful. Um, I really do. Um, I'm also really excited because to me, it looks like Disney is doubling down on investing in the guest experience. And, you know, I think under the previous leadership, which is possibly why the leadership was changed, the idea was how can we charge you more and give you less? And as a frequent visitor to Disneyland, I felt it. And even this last weekend, I've noticed some very positive changes in, in a good way. And I, I think that, you know, theme parks emerged as one of the, the shining, you know, beacons of, of success at the end of the pandemic. You know, they, they were able to open up, except in California, but I'll, yes. I'll keep giving that precursor. <laughs> but, you know, the end of the day was, you know, we saw how this is that thing that so many people missed more than anything. I mean, growing up, I always went to Disneyland. It's been a part of my life. And so I'm just really excited that they're investing back in. I too will be, you know, first in line on the, uh, the Tron roller coaster. Cause that's something I've been watching being built at Epcot for the last, you know, I don't know how long has it or been? Magic Four Kingdom, or five yeah. years or Magic Kingdom. Sorry. I, my, my brain's going, going back it's to, a, yeah, yeah. what is it? It's the new guard guardians of the galaxy one. Is that the one? That's, yeah, that's that was at Epcot. Epcot. Yeah. Awesome. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. So, um, but you know, just, I, I think that this is great news. Now, the one thing that I think that, that will be interesting to see as they go forward is, is this a bunch of headlines or is this a continuous investment? And, you know, right now they're, they're talking the big game and they're showing some things that are going to be invested in. But I think that there's some things that also, because of every major, you know, hospitality industry uh, portion that was impacted, there was some investment that got left off that they didn't do some of the, the maintenance and things that are happening. So I, I think that this is kind of the proof in the pudding of, you know, is this where we're going, going forward? And I think it's going to be interesting to see how these two companies emerge because universal announcing that they're not only continuing and doubling down on a new park in Florida, but also building another one in Texas. That tells me that their, their capital is healthy enough to feel like they're, they're in a really good spot, which is great news for all of us in the tourist industry. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, I do like the location, you know, you know, Texans you don't think too much about it as, you know, theme park area or whatever. They got six flags out there and stuff, but yeah, mm -hmm. I, I like it. It's a North of Dallas. So it's, it's still, it's a good market. You can fly in really easily to that. It doesn't seem like it's that long of a drive up there to that. So I think, yeah. And then the fact that it's just families with young children, I think you hit that on the head of like often overlooked, you know, you, you look at a lot of theme parks out there and there's so much stuff for maybe like the tweens and the teens and things like that. And there's like, Oh, one little kitty land. And no, but this mm -hmm. one, you know, you got the young kids. Eh, yeah. Get them out yeah, to Texas. No, I, on that. I think nailed it. I, yeah. I, I think it's great, honestly. I mean, and also, I mean, this is, you know, we talked about masks earlier on this to me is also the universal basically saying we believe in Texas and we want to invest our money there. And it was one of those states that opened up a lot earlier for them as well, too. And, and you know, I, I'm seeing a lot of investment shying away from California and some other places. And maybe they're a little bit gun shy with, uh, you know, should we invest knowing that we're, you know, things could happen differently if, if we ever have an issue in the future. Yeah, Just speculation here. since uh, Yeah, since that's the certainly, you know, yeah, something to, to ponder for sure there and, and see how things play out over the next couple of years in terms of investment stuff. But yeah, to, Disneyland is always going to be there and they're going to be thriving, I think, you know, you now that they're getting back and going in the swing of things and have a big celebration coming with this Disney 100 stuff. So they certainly pull all the staff out of Burbank and they're sending them to Orlando. So, I mean, that's, that's the, uh, that's a big, I mean, like I said, that, that says a lot about the big picture of where they think is the healthiest work environment for, for them. So 
Indeed. Right. Yeah. Yep. So that pretty much wraps up what we had for, for trending and travel this last week. So I'd love to know your thoughts, dear listener, what you think, even about the, the Disney Universal debate as well. So any thoughts, drop me a line, podcast at travelpulse.com. That's the email you can reach out. And I'd love to hear from you folks. So now we're going to jump over to our theme of the week on wave season. And Danny, just we'll have to start it off just in case there's, you know, there may be one listener who's like, well, what is wave season? So for those who don't know, enlighten the people, sir. So um, wave season is the concept that a majority of cruises get booked in the first quarter of the year. And it it ties back to a couple things, you know, after the the holidays, families have been together, they're starting to think of what are we doing for spring break? What are we doing for summer? Half of America is usually frozen. We've had rains for like three straight weeks here in, in California. So even I've been dreaming about getting out of here and going to somewhere tropical, but it's that time of year where when you're shoveling your, your driveway, you're probably also wondering when can I never do this again? And how do I get out of here and go have a vacation? So generally it's where you're going to find some of the top promotions from suppliers, both all inclusive cruise, all of the above. And it's when a huge portion of cruises get booked early on in the year generally goes from middle of, of January We've been told lately, end of April, even, you know, previously it used to be kind of middle of March, but you know, we've also had some funky cycles over the last two years. Touche, touche. Yeah. It wasn't much of a wave season previously. So that, that's what it is. This, yeah, the deals is a big thing. And there's been a lot of enticing deals out there. Cruise Line's been offering up to 50 and 60% off on, in some cases. So certainly exciting times to jump on booking and yeah, now's the time to book, you know, don't, don't wait, don't be waiting on that. So, but how's it started for you here? You know, in these first few weeks of the year, what are your expectations over these next couple months? So our wave season started in about October when Royal launched the icon and we have not slowed down. And what we've decided is our tsunami season started around the first of January. We, and and talking to all of my friends in the industry, there is so much business coming in that it's, it's, it's insane. It's wonderful. It's fantastic. It's amazing. We've added 10 people to our staff over the last two months specifically to kind of ramp up for it and get ready for this. And, and even all of us were scrambling and it, like I said, in the most wonderful way um, to take great care of our guests. But, you know, one of the beautiful things that the pandemic did, and I know beautiful and pandemic are not two words that generally go in common, is it exposed businesses for who they really are. You know, as mm-hmm. travel agencies, mm-hmm. most of us, especially those who are on the boutique side, the individual side, the smaller business side, you know, we're, we're service industries. And what needed to happen more than anything else during the pandemic was higher levels of service. And so what we've found is that people that never considered working with a travel agency like ourselves in previous years are flooding in the doors saying, I want somebody who understands what's happening. I want somebody who's taking care of me and making sure that I get out of it what I think I want to get out of it. Also the pandemic, you know, those who, who were never set up to provide service, they were exposed as well too. you know, some of the big rebating outfits and things like that. And so when that customer called them or called the cruise line, there was nobody to talk to. The lines were shut off. The the hold times were 10 plus hours. And so, like I said, the silver lining for us of the pandemic was it showed our value. We didn't lay anybody off. I hired, I ate it, you know, the, the, the money, it was brutal. I was borrowing money. We were trying to do everything we could to get where we needed to get, but we believed we committed to the customer. And if we take great care of the customer, they're going to stay with us. And I believe we've earned lifelong customers because of it. And all of my friends in the travel industry that are still standing. I know a lot of people that, you know, real estate was really hot. So they, 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 you know, <laughs> got rid of their Hawaiian travel agent shirts and, and put on that, that suit jacket to go out and show houses, you know, everything in between. And, but those who stuck it out, I don't know any of my travel agent friends that are bored right now. 
but I also don't know any of them that have been bored in the last six months to a year because what, what this last three years has done is it's shown the value of a travel advisor in a way that nothing ever could have before. And I'm, I'll be eternally grateful for it. I'll still be eternally frustrated for the, <laughs> dealing with all of it. But, you know, at the end of the day, for my family, for my employees, for my team members, it's allowed us to kind of really take everything to another level. And, and the other thing that I'd just focus on from a wave season is the world has moved further forward digitally in the last two and a half years through all age demographics than I would argue the beginning of time forward. And the reason I say that is an entire new group of people are on their, their smartphones. My parents are included in that. I love them to death. They used to give us all kinds of, you know what, mm -hmm. over all of us being on our smartphones. I walked into a room the other day, all my aunts and uncles, my parents, there was 12 of them. Not one of them was not looking at a cell phone. And so there was the, uh, you know, the, the, I, I always give it, razz them now because, you know, they're, they're in a different part of life. But that's a wonderful thing for what I do, right? Because we can communicate mm -hmm. via video. Before the pandemic, I had a lot of people I had to explain what a PDF was and what a Ooh. YouTube was. And uh, you know our what customers you that were that were different uh, different age demographic than than, uh, yeah. than 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 my primary demographic that watched us before. Fun fact, Eric: in the first two and a half months of the pandemic, our average age demographic on our YouTube channel went up 23 years. In two and a half months, that was because a whole new audience that never went to YouTube to look for things all of a sudden said, "Man, I miss my my cruising. I miss my restaurants. I miss my my yeah. resort." And so they moved over. And so where I'm going with it is this to me is the very first all digital wave season. People are used to people working remote. They're used to communicating through video, through, you know, through Zoom, like we're doing right now, you know, different ways. And it's a great benefit to us in an industry because now we can meet the needs of more people and we can do it in a more efficient manner. And so that's just kind of a little bit of our wave season story is that we're, we're kind of talking to people you know, and getting those big questions answered and then focusing on the high level individual one-on-one, -on -one, you know, how do we make sure you're getting the right product for you? What are your questions? But kind of driving people to a higher level of conversation from the very first touch point. I love that. Yeah, that's huge. You know, you definitely needed that in the industry here and it, it's good to, you, to keep reeling in clients, the lifelong clients on that. It, it's, it's great for the business, great for your business, obviously. And I think the advisors listening can can pull some takeaways from that too. And I, I want to ask, you know, it's been busy, 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 which is certainly great and everything, but I do got to ask, you know, that's kind of typical a little bit for wave season, obviously not the past couple of years, but you know, you look back to 2019, certainly busy, you know, in that entire year, but wave season success, a lot of advisors having a lot of success, as you mentioned right now, but how do you manage that with the work-life balance? And, or is it just kind of non-existent for this little month or two stretch here until you get into maybe a little quieter session in the spring? Like, how, how do you deal with that? Especially now that you've you know hired a bunch of people, I'm sure that helps your business. But just in general terms, for like all of our advisors listening, any advice you would want to uh, share? Some wisdom on that. So there, it's a very loaded question that I appreciate a yeah. lot. You know, we <laughs> we both were talking earlier on about having small children at home, and you know, work life balance is is a struggle for many parents these days, you know, just mm -hmm. in general. And, 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 you know, it's not just limited to the travel industry and it's not just limited to wave season, right. you know, for us, it's been about trying to find ways to be efficient at our business while also, you know, maintaining that balance. And, you know, the reality really is the last year and a half, two years, the one thing that's kind of been taken away from me and many of our advisor friends is that balance completely because 
you know, we grew at a time where there was no money coming in. And, you know, normal times, you, you invest in technology, you invest in the human aspect of it. And we have done that tenfold now, too. We, we've built, you know, into a brand new CRM system. You know, we, we're completely do, changing how we're doing business. But for us, the answer has been twofold. You know, one, how do I replicate myself? And for us, it's been video. Video has been the way that we've been able to do that, where we can communicate. I can get on my live stream with four or 5,000 people, get big messages across, get you know, the big picture out there, even answer questions from our customers while we do it. And then we can slowly pull it back down. We're creating a lot more videos, answering the frequently asked questions that our guests have. Because what we find is we wanna maximize the value of our time. It's not that I'm not calling the customer, but I also know if they've spent 20 minutes with me, before I call them, I now have a 20 minute advantage on that conversation. So really trying to use technology as a benefit of getting ahead of the information and making sure that our guests are well prepared for, you know, initial consultations, you know, or that follow up or the change. So that's been that. The other thing is we've also heavily invested in, um, you know, identifying what do we do that doesn't make us money that somebody else can do. And there's some great third party companies out there. Um, one of my, my really good friends, uh, Grace McBride, uh, she started Lucia, which is, uh, it's kind of like task rabbit for travel agents. Um, in fact, I met Grace at future leaders of travel, which is a North star event. Mm-hmm. We were the very first one together up in Aspen. Um, and, uh, you know, we've worked with her team. She and her team got me through the pandemic, doing the things like building itineraries, doing some of the data entry updating, and, you know, they're great at it. They're very efficient at it. It's not where I make my money. So we've been trying to out, you know, not, I mean, not outsource the customer experience, but outsource some of the back office that leads to a better customer experience. So that's been a little bit of a focal point of us over the last couple of weeks, but here's the deal. Three years ago, two years, well, two and a half years ago, whenever March, 2020 was, I I can't do the math right now. (laughs) um, You know, at that point I was dreaming of a moment where I would be looking at you saying, Eric, I'm too busy. My guests are traveling, my guests are booking, all of those things. So right now we're gonna do a little bit of make hay while the sun shines. We're probably gonna lose a little bit of that balance, but it's gonna lead to long-term balance of being able to expand, hire more staff, make sure that our customers are well taken care of. It, it's it's the, uh, the issue that a growing business wants to have, yep. but also you know needs to find a solution to. I get that, yeah, work smarter, not harder, right? So you're, you're finding ways to, to maximize that so that that's that's certainly great so to reel it back you know into the cruising aspect of way season stuff i do want to get your thoughts on uh, maybe some expectations or you know top trends in cruising right now what's buzzing what's buzzing um, i mean the, the the great news for the industry as a whole and the not so great news for some consumers is prices are up and you know about four or five months ago um you know when we had you know labor day promotions and then black friday promotions yeah. you know i was repricing and, and we're happy to reprice the guests anytime is what we do as a travel advisor a big advantage that our guests have and i was constantly finding lower prices and for all the new promotions you know we, you were talking earlier about 50 60 off i'll just be honest 60 percent off a higher number is is different you know it, it, it's it's a worse promotion than 50 percent off a lower number and, you know, we see that all the time. I'll give Norwegian as an example. I love Norwegian. We, we sell a lot of Norwegian, but they went, their, 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 their Black Friday promotion or the one leading up to that was 30% off everybody. And then they moved it to 60% off the second passenger. And so I'm not a math whiz, but I'm pretty sure that's the exact same price. Yeah. You're going to see some smoke and mirrors, right? That's part of the industry. But the, the great news that we can tell our consumers 
is you want to book now because if you wait till tomorrow, it's going to be higher. And, you know, the suites, we, you know, we, we really do focus on and a primary bit of what we sell is suites in the top end of the ship. My biggest issue with Royal Caribbean right now is I can't find an, an, an ultimate family suite on the Wonder of the Seas. I've got a lot of people that want to pay thirty, forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars for it. I can't find it. It's gone. Crazy. You know, the Haven space is disappearing yeah. rapidly. You know, Star Class with Royal Caribbean is almost non-existent. The penthouses and iconic suites with celebrity, they're almost gone. And so that's a great message to send along to the consumer. People are going, they're loving it. You're gonna want to book now. Now, you know, the one negative that we're dealing with is astronomical flight prices. And for me, you know, guess, I have guests that are willing to pay what a cruise costs. Offsetting it with flights are the difficult thing. Waiting to the last minute is devastating right now with flights. So that's the other thing is book early. Flights right now for later in the summer and the fall, not so bad. Flights right now for spring break and early to midsummer, it's crazy out yeah. there. So it's just that, that, you know, the dream of every cruise executive is the dream of every travel advisor. Get people to book out farther, you know, of course, at a higher price point. I just saw um, Norwegian stock reports, and I think they said, I think it was a, it was an article that was, what, 63%, something like that, sold for 2023 going into it. That's a great number for them, but at a, at a significantly higher price point than 2019. So I, I, I got five or six emails today of, I'm disappointed in the pricing, and I basically had to say, I respect your opinion completely, but when we spoke six months ago, I basically said, I think prices are going up and they're going to continue to go up and the demand is exorbitant. The retired group, like my parents, didn't get to travel during COVID at all. They were the last group of people that I saw kind of coming back online and traveling for most part. COVID was great for them. You know, the stock market went up, their housing value went up and they weren't spending money on, on the things that they normally spend money on, like mm -hmm. travel. And so it's a competitive market out there, especially on the, uh, you know, mini suites and up. So I think the message right now to everybody is, you know, if you want to book, don't wait. There's no longer a, a good reason to wait to book your next trip. Exactly. Yeah. You got to jump on that because you are behind the longer you wait, you know, especially if you're trying to travel spring break, like you said, or even, even summer at this point right now. So it won't be too long where we'll be saying book now or you're going to be too, too damn late for, you know, holiday season. So Time the the inaugural by, cruise right? of the Icon of the Seas in January 2024 is almost completely sold out. Yeah, crazy. You know, these yeah. high, you know, and, and I, I mean, I, I booked a suite for my family for that first cruise, and I'm excited to be part of history and all of it, but I'm blown away at the premiums they're pulling. But what is exciting is my guests pay that premium, yeah. and they come back, and they tell me it's worth it. And, you know, I think the if you want to pass one message along to, to fellow travel advisors to give, give to their advisors is pandemic pricing has gone. It, it's done. It may never happen again. You know, the beautiful thing for the cruise lines is it introduced a lot of people to a product that they may not have spent up for previously, but now they have that conundrum of, man, I really, really like that, but it costs what it used to cost, not what I paid for it last year. And then you have that conversation. So, yep. you know, good and bad all the way across. But the one thing that I'm most excited about is guests paying a high premium and coming back and saying that was worth it. Because what I tell all of my guests, it doesn't matter whether you whether I think it's worth it or not. It matters whether it's worth it to you. Is this the exact vacation you want to do with your family? Is this that suite that you want to do that with your family in? If the answer is yes, there's really nothing else you can do than, than pull the trigger. You know, waiting to next year is tending to be more expensive. The other thing I'll just throw out there, and I know I'm rambling because that's what I do for a living, but um, deployment has never become more important than now. The, the lowest prices were at deployment. 
they're at deployment and they're just going up from there. It's the cycle that we as an industry were craving. And I know all the financiers at, at all the, the top cruise lines books longer out at higher premiums means healthy company. Love it, man. Thank you so much. It's been great advice all around. And I think great wisdom too, that a lot of advisor listeners can pull away from this for sure. So anything you want to plug, you plug your YouTube, any websites, any emails, anything you want to plug, people can get in touch with you if they have any additional questions or anything like that, man, fire away. Yeah, no, I mean, one of the cool things that, that we have with our channel is I hear all the time every day from travel advisors, I share your content with my guests. And we're, we're great with that. To me, uh, you know, I was listening to Arnold Donald talk not that long ago, right before he retired. And one of the things that, that, that I was struck with was, you know, he said, we don't have competition with other cruise lines, right? You know, the competition is the new to cruise. The competition is the person that has never been with us. And I believe that that's the exact same, um, you know, thing with all of this going forward is we're advisors. We should support each other. We should lift each other up and look at this industry where it is today compared to where it was six months ago or two years ago. It's never been stronger. The value of a travel advisor has never been higher. And so my message that I want to shout from the rooftop is take care of each other, be there for each other. We will grow the industry as a community and it's going to be beautiful for all of us. I love that. Yes, very well said and hits the nail on the head right there. Absolutely. Help each other out. Just be there for each other. Be kind, you know, we're, we're all in this together, right? So thank you, man. Cool. I really appreciate it. Danny, the CEO of Hard Travel. Check him out and the web's there and on YouTube. So thanks, man. I really appreciate it. Thank you, sir. It was an absolute pleasure to speak with you today. Thanks again to Danny for jumping on and talking all things wave season cruising and travel there. Really appreciate his insight on that. That's all the time we have for this week's show. So thank you guys for listening and a little bit off on the date here and everything. But Got exciting stuff coming up, big things planned for February as well. So stay tuned on that front. Thank you guys for listening. Have a great week. 